بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه وله أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته How's everybody doing? Alhamdulillah. So today we are continuing with hadith number 23. I'll remind us uh, of the entirety of the hadith. The Prophet says, الطهور شطر الإيمان والحمد لله تملأ الميزان والسبحان الله والحمد لله تملأني أو تملأ ما بين السماوات والأرض والصلاة النور والصدقة برهان والصبر ضياء والقرآن حجة لك أو عليك كل الناس يغدو فبائع نفسه فمعتقها أو مبقها. That the Prophet says cleanliness is half of faith and Alhamdulillah fills the scales and Subhanallah and Alhamdulillah fills up what is between the heavens and the earth and prayer is a light. That's the portion that we covered last week. Then this new portion is what and charity is proof. And then it goes on to say, and patience is a patience is a brightness or like a light. Uh, and the Quran is a proof either on your behalf, for you or against you. And each person goes out early in the morning and sells themselves, thereby setting themselves free or destroying themselves. So as I said, we covered the first portion of Iman Mizan. We we finished all the way up until uh Nur, and now we are on the portion burhan, which means that الصدقة, meaning charity, is burhan, means an evidence. Now, it's interesting that this word sadaqa has the concept of burhan in it. Why do I say that? Because the word sadaqa comes from the word sidq. And sidq means what? Truthfulness. So when you give sadaqa for something, it's showing the sidq or the sincerity or the truthfulness of your faith. Now, why is that the case? That is the case because, subhanAllah, as Allah, Allah tells us in uh, Surah Al-Fajr, That you love wealth with an immense love. You love to gather up and collect money. Human nature is such that you love wealth so much. And so the only way you'd give up something that you love so much is if you love something else more. Is that clear to everybody? The only way you're going to give up something that you love is if you love something else more. And so, subhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala is testifying to the fact that human beings love their wealth and so the moment you say, I know I love this wealth, deep in my heart I love this wealth, everybody knows that I love this wealth, it's my nature to love it, and yet, subhanAllah, I'm going to give it fi sabilillah. I'm going to drop it off and say, Ya Allah, this is for your sake. The fact that you can do that is a proof that what you love this thing more, especially if you can do it in private, especially if you can do it with nobody looking. Because you put it in the charity box and you say, Ya Allah, if I'm showing off, I'm showing off to who? I don't plan on telling anybody about this. Nobody's seeing me do it. How that one, one of the best ways to squash the concept of riyat or showing off is to just look around and say, Ya Allah, the, the place is empty. Nobody's looking. How, if I'm showing off, I'm showing off to who? Ya Allah, you know this is for your sake. It can't be any other way. There's nobody around. So subhanAllah, this is something that we should try to do. And by the way, this uh, concept is expressed in the English language in multiple ways. For example, talk is cheap. <laughs> right? Everybody knows this expression, talk is cheap. Anybody can say, I love this or I care about that or this is important to me or that is important to, to me. But it's cheap. What is expensive? Money. Money costs money, right? So, so talk is cheap, but the actual... And the, another expression which is very famous is what? Put your money where your mouth is, right? If you say you truly have faith, if you say this is truly what's in your heart, then put your money where your mouth is because money is, uh, is the real evidence. So subhanAllah, I'm sure any culture you take is going to have uh, certain expressions that express this same concept. Wallahu ta'ala alam. Because it's a well-known fact. Now the combination of faith and then prayer and then charity, because we talked about iman in the heart and, and dhikrullah and so forth, and then it moved on to as-salah and then it moved on to uh, uh, charity, uh, sadaqah. This is found throughout the Qur'an. Uh, and uh, I can give many examples, but one example is obvious, is right at the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, 
فعذاب الشرجم بسم الله الرحمن ذلك الف لامين ذلك الكتاب لا ريب فيه هدى للمتقين الذين يؤمنون بالغيب ويقيمون الصلاه ومما رزقناهم ينفقون so the fact that Allah Ta'ala begins uh, the, the Quran uh, surah Baqarah and you see this combination of having taqwa faith in Allah Ta'ala يؤمنون بالغيب and then after that establishment of salah and then the sadaqa uh, or, or, or giving of that which, you, uh, which Allah Ta'ala has blessed you with and provided you with this combination seems to be consistent internally faith has to be fixed and then prayer connection to your Lord and then uh, taking care of humanity and uh, being uh, socially conscious and aware of those in need subhanAllah this seems to be a consistent theme throughout Quran and Sunnah now what type of charity should we give should we give large amounts or should we be small and consistent what do you guys think Large, big amounts, rare, or small and consistent? Which one do you think is better? Small and consistent. Well, obviously, it depends on the circumstances. Sometimes a big amount is needed, right? And so when, you know, when the time comes, you have to be relative to that time. And that's similar to the hadith of Uthman ibn Affan, when, he was, when the Prophet was like, we need, who else was, will give? And he said, I'll give. And who else will give? And he kept, he, Uthman kept on saying, I'll fulfill, I'll fulfill, I'll fulfill. And subhanAllah, this uh, is an incredible hadith. Uh, that shows that he understood that he's going to give according to the need at the time, subhanAllah. But in general, small and consistent is, generally speaking, a, a better habit. Why? To establish it within your heart so that this becomes part of your lifestyle, so that you never become unused to giving. It shouldn't be this idea of, okay, I won't give for years and years and years and years, and then I'll give a super huge amount. Why? Because then you're not in the habit of it, and it's going to hurt to give it away. And because you're not in the habit of it, because your hand isn't used to letting go, you haven't trained yourself, you haven't acclimated yourself to that habit, therefore when the time comes, you will come up with excuses. Maybe I just need a little bit more. Maybe I need to delay. Maybe I need to save a bit more. Maybe now's not the time. Because you haven't gotten, you have to break the little, you could say, waswas uh, shaitan in your heart. You have to get used to that. You have to get used to beating this grip that money has over your heart by regularly, consistently giving small amounts. And this is continuously chipping away at whatever hold that this dunya and this shaitan may have upon you when it comes to wealth. As the Prophet says, مَن تَصَدَّقَ بِعَدْلِ تَمْرَةٍ مِنْ كَسْبٍ طَيِّبٍ وَلَا يَصْعَدُ إِلَى اللَّهِ إِلَّا الطَّيِّبٍ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ يَتَقَبَّلُهَا بِيَمِينِهِ ثُمَّ uh, that if somebody, this is a hadith in Bukhari, if somebody gives charity, something even equal to that of a date, from honest and, and clean, pure money and, and earnings. And then the Prophet, there's a little jumla um, i'tiradiyya, uh, there's a little bit of a uh, sort of uh, insertion here. And then the Prophet says, and nothing ascends to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except that which is good and tayyib and pure. Then Allah Ta'ala will take it in His right hand, and obviously we believe and affirm the, our faith in Allah Ta'ala uh, and His yameen, but we say, you know, bila tashbih, bila tamthil, right? We don't, we don't say, laysa shay. We don't say that it's like this or like anything of this creation. It's beyond our comprehension. So Allah takes it in His right and uh, brings it up for its owner as any one of you would bring up a baby horse till it becomes like a mountain. So the Prophet is giving an example, like you guys know how you raise your small horses to make them something great, right? Raise them up so they can be a great uh, amount of wealth and something that is a great possession. So in that same way, Allah Ta'ala can take something so small as a sincere, just date, which is, you know, you could say almost like nothing, subhanAllah. But because it was sincere, then it's going to be multiplied and built up and grown up into such a way that subhanAllah, it'll be like a mountain. So this is the, this is the, the, the ni'mah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even when it comes to little amounts. Furthermore, Allah ta'ala mentions that charity doesn't deplete wealth. 
Charity does not deplete wealth. As mentioned in the Quran, Whatever you spend in his cause, he will compensate it. And he is the best of providers. Furthermore, the Prophet says what? That charity does not decrease wealth. So this is in the Quran, this is in the Sunnah, this is a consistent theme that we have that charity does not decrease wealth. That subhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala will continuously replace what you give. The Prophet says what? That Allah Ta'ala says. This is a hadith Qudsi. Very beautiful, powerful hadith in Sahih Bukhari as well. Anfiq ya ibn Adam, unfiq alayk. What? O oh, son of Adam, spend and I'm going to spend on you. You spend and I'll spend on you. So subhanAllah, this is the attitude we should have. If I'm feeling sick, ya Allah, I'm going to put something in the charity box. Why? Ya Allah, I'm going to make dua that you heal me. I have an exam coming up. I should have the habit of putting something in the charity box. Right? I have to make a major decision. I'm feeling a little stressed out. I'm feeling a little depressed. Something's going on with my family. Whatever the case is. What? Ya Allah, I put this. Why? Because Allah says, Ya Ibn Adam, O son of Adam, what? Anfiq, unfiq alayk. That you spend and I'm going to spend on you. Subhanallah. And we should remember the beautiful quote from Ibn Sa'ud. He says what? Al-mukhlisu li rabbihi kalmashi ala ramli. La tasma'u khatawatihi walakin tara atharahu. The one who is sincere to his Lord is like the one who is walking on the sand. You don't hear his footsteps, but you can see the effects. That's a really beautiful uh, imagery, subhanAllah. It's very beautiful the way he put it. That the one who is sincere to his Lord, it's like the one walking on the sand. When somebody walks on the sand, you can't hear them very well, right? It doesn't make loud footsteps, obviously. But you can see the effects, as in even, you know, you see, it leaves prints. What is the idea here? That subhanAllah, every day we see this beautiful masjid going up. People aren't standing up saying, by the way, I gave this, by the way, I gave that. Alhamdulillah, inshallah ta'ala, you know, people who are sincere are giving. And they're not making a show out of it. They're not telling everybody about it. They're not plastering it on the walls. I gave this much. Look at me. Hey, hey, me. Look at this. No. You don't, you, don't, you don't hear the footsteps, but what do you do? You see the effect. Subhanallah. Isn't that beautiful? So this, inshallah ta'ala, may Allah ta'ala make us of those who are sincere. May Allah ta'ala make us of those who can contribute towards a project where the emphasis, the focus is on seeing the effect, not about self-aggrandizement and about publicizing your deeds. Subhanallah. This is exactly what Ibn Mas'ud is highlighting. So this is the portion of as-sadaqatu burhan, that charity is evidence. Then, was-sabru diya'un. As-sabr, patience, diya'un, is a brightness. Now what's interesting is that nur was described as a light, and diya is also light. So there's two different types of light. And we talked about how one light is more of a soft light. That's why the moon is described as a nur, and the, and the, and the shams, the sun, is described as a diya. Because the diya is what's burning. It's the source. It's where the heat, it's where the energy is from, Right? And the, the, the reflected light is the soft light, right? It's, it doesn't burn you, it just, it just sort of, it's soothing, it calms, like the moon at night, you know? It gives you that nice, nice guidance, it gives you what, you what you need, and it's very calming and soothing, it doesn't burn your eyes, it's not too hot, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's, not, it's not oppressive heat, right? So subhanAllah, in the same way, you run around during the hustle bustle of your day, and then what do you do? You stop, you clear your mind, you say your takbir, and you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is a soothing light for you throughout your day. Five times a day, you stop the hustle, you stop the bustle, and you... Direct yourself towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you pray. It's a light, but it's a soothing light. Sabr, on the other hand, it is also a light too. But it's that burning light. When you go through hardship, you have to take that. And you have to burn on the inside a little bit. And be frustrated with what somebody said or what somebody did. You have to put up with the, 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 the strain and the hardship. But that difficulty that you're going through, even though you're burning on the inside, subhanAllah, because you're taking that, it's like you're the flame. You're giving off light. You're giving off nur. Because you're not lashing out. You're not yelling. You're not becoming ugly. You're not letting bad behavior come out of you. 
Instead, you're holding on and you're, you're dealing with that frustration. And subhanAllah, it's like incense. You get burned, but everybody else gets to see the beautiful smell that comes out, subhanAllah. So this is, so it's so beautiful. The wording is so particular and it really uh, speaks uh, volumes here. So yes, and, and also you could say that, why is as-sabrul diyat? Because it's the source of the light. And the nur is the reflection. So in other words, you can't have your salah without the sabr, right? It takes sabr, it takes patience to wake up for fajr, to make wudu, right? And to pray your salah on time. So it's coming from a place of patience. It's coming from a pace, place of, so the, the, the source is on the inside is patience, and then the result of that is the light that comes out of it, subhanAllah. So that's one way of looking at it, and Allah knows best. Yeah, so patience is the source of that light, and the establishing of the daily prayers is the result, is the nur, is the reflection of that. Allah Ta'ala puts these together as well in the Qur'an, in Surah Al-Baqarah, when Allah says, وَاسْتَعِينُوا بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَةِ إِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ That, uh, and seek help, seek Allah's help through patience and prayer, and indeed it is difficult except for those who are humbly submissive. And Allah says what? وَاسْبِرُوا إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الصَّابِرِينَ That be patient, indeed Allah Ta'ala is with the patient. So if you want the ma'iyyah, if you want to be with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, you want Allah Ta'ala to be on your side, what is the objective? Be patient in, in times of difficulty. And I find that As-Sabbaq, Rahimullah, he has a beautiful quote about this. He says, A small amount of patience can overcome a great deal of hardship in dark times, just as a small amount of light can overcome a great deal of darkness. I mean, think about that. When you're lost in the dark, do you need to have a floodlight to know where you're going? Or do you just need a little tiny light? You know, sometimes you just turn on your phone a little bit. Not even, not even the, the, the light part, just, just the, just the uh, what's it called? The uh, face of it, right? You just click it and you just get a little bit of light. But it's enough, right? It's enough to get you through the dark. And so subhanAllah, this is a beautiful reminder that if you're going through hardship, it's not about exercising an incredible amount of patience. Just be a little bit patient. And subhanAllah, a little bit of light can get you through a lot of darkness. A little bit of patience, just hold on a little bit. Just bite your tongue. Just don't respond immediately. Just relax. And inshallah ta'ala, it will get you through those hard times, bi'ithnillah. And one opinion is that this is referring to the light of the, in the grave. When you're in the darkest place, when you're in the most solitude, when you're in a, a tight, constrained place, that the person who had patience during this life, subhanAllah, Allah ta'ala will open up that uh, grave and give it light as well. Then the Prophet says what? وَالْقُرْآنُ حُجَّةٌ لَكْ أَوْ عَلَيْكَ That the Qur'an is a proof for or against you, subhanAllah. This is a, uh, a very powerful and scary hadith. Why? Because... We know that this is also reflected in the Qur'an when Allah says what? وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ وَرَحْمَةٌ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَلَا يَزِدُ الظَّالِمِينَ إِلَّا خَسَارًا SubhanAllah. So you see the big contrast. You see two extremes, if you will. That, and we sent down this Qur'an, that which is a healing and a mercy for the believers. SubhanAllah. It is a healing. Why? Because it cleans up and it heals the disease, disease of the heart. It cleans up their jealousy and hatred and rancor. It, it cleans up their nifaq and hypocrisy. It cleans up their stinginess and their cowardice. The more you bring Qur'an into your life, all of these diseases of the heart, one after the other, they melt away. It's a shifa, it's a cure for your heart. And it is a rahmah, it's a mercy. SubhanAllah, this Qur'an is so powerful. للمؤمنين, for those who believe in it. However, what about those who don't believe in it? الظالمين, those who are uh, wrongdoers and those who are oppressors and evil, they, it will increase them in nothing, in khasara, in loss. It'll, it's only going to dig them even deeper. What does this imply? This implies that there's no middle ground. There's no neutral position with the Qur'an. SubhanAllah. There's no casual relationship with the Qur'an. The Qur'an isn't an interesting read. It's not a fascinating look into history or foreign cultures or exotic civilizations or any other type of liberal buzzwords you might come up with. SubhanAllah. Rather, what? There, because why? The Qur'an is... You cannot have an impersonal or neutral or non-partisan approach with the Qur'an. Either the Qur'an is Allah's word 
or it isn't. You either accept it or you reject it. There's no casual way about it. This is our attitude with the Qur'an. Every time you look at that mushaf in your house, you're either trying to take part in it, getting closer to it, thinking about the next time you're going to read it, or you have established yourself as somebody who is going to ignore it. And so subhanAllah, we should take that very seriously. Why would I be so eager to check, oh, what did this person say? What did that person say? Oh, I think I got a message. I think I got a message. SubhanAllah, Allah Ta'ala has sent you a message. And before you say, oh yeah, but that message is always there, you're not always going to be here. You're not always going to be here. So this idea of, oh, it'll always be there, yeah, but will you? And the answer is no. And so subhanAllah, what you should, what you should do is say to yourself, how well do I actually know this message? How long has this message been sitting in my inbox? How much of it have I ignored? How much wisdom can it impart to me? How much could it change my behavior? Subhanallah. So these are the questions we need to be asking ourselves. And as a result of that, take the Qur'an much more seriously. Unfortunately, sometimes even the Muslim, um, so we talk about disbelievers, how they approach it as just some casual reading, historical, foreign cultures, etc. This is completely nonsense. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. But unfortunately, even Muslims sometimes approach the Qur'an with the wrong emphasis. You don't just read it in order to find the fatwa or the position or the opinion that you personally prefer. You don't talk to the Qur'an, the Qur'an talks to you. You don't look inside of it to find what you want. You look inside of it and it'll tell you whatever it tells you and you have to submit. Otherwise you have the whole situation backwards. And unfortunately there are even also Muslims who don't have a wrong intent but the emphasis is, in the, is, is not in the top priority. And what do I mean by this? There are many different things that you get from the Qur'an but that's not the emphasis, that's not the primary emphasis. For example, reading the Qur'an is a barakah, it gives you blessings. But you don't just read the Qur'an for barakah, right? This, isn't, this shouldn't be, I mean, alhamdulillah, you can read the Qur'an and it can, it's a blessing. I'm not saying that, you know, ignore the Qur'an and don't think of it as a blessing. It is a barakah and there's a hadith that talk about you get ajr for every single letter that you read. So many, has, 10 hasanat for every single harf. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But at the same time, that's not the primary objective. Furthermore, curing illness, ruqyah. Right? You read the Qur'an and over different wounds and injuries as a barakah to help you with that injury. Yes, valid, beautiful. That's still not the primary objective. Yes, it can be done, but that's not the primary. Intellectual curiosity, you might be just curious. Yes, that's beautiful, not the primary objective. You might want to learn about history, beautiful. But still, it's not just a curiosity thing. That's not the primary objective. Uh, you might feel moved and very inspired by the beautiful recitation of Mishari Rashid or Abdul Basit or whoever else, right? I personally like Sa'ad al-Ghamadi. MashaAllah, they're all good, right? Whoever, whoever you like, they, beautiful, they got beautiful recitations. But just to be feel like, oh, he's got what, what a beautiful voice, that's not the primary objective. It's nice, it's not the primary objective. Drawing fancy calligraphy, making beautiful artwork out of it, again, not the primary objective. So on and so on and so forth. Allah Ta'ala says what? This is a book of guidance. Guidance. It's supposed to affect your behavior. You're supposed to read it and say, how am I supposed to improve as an individual? How can I apply these ayat? How can this affect the way that I think, the way that I live, the way that I behave, interact, the way I have a relationship with my Lord? How is it going to affect me spiritually? My relationship with society, how is it going to make, uh, affect me socially and politically? How is it going to affect my wealth, how I'm going to spend financially? How is it going to affect me just even with myself and the way I conceptualize myself as an individual? In a reflection. Being a person of enlightenment, how does this make me think about myself and my place in the world? Guidance. That is the objective behind the Qur'an. Final portion of this hadith, the Prophet says what? كُلُّ النَّاسِ يَغْدُوا فَبَائِعٌ نَفْسَهُ فَمُوبِقُهَا أَوْ 
uh, excuse me, that each person goes out early in the morning and he sells themselves, they sell themselves, thereby setting themselves free or destroying themselves. Now, the believer knows that his soul is the most precious thing that anybody has in this entire world. The most precious thing that you have is what? Is your own ruh. And so the believer is intelligent enough to know that he's only going to sell it to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody else can buy it. I'm not going to sell my soul to anybody. I'm not going to sell my principles. I'm not going to give myself to anybody. I'm only going to sell, quote unquote, to the highest bidder. I'm only going to give myself and give myself to my Lord. Why? Because Allah Ta'ala is the most qualified buyer and he gives for the best price. And this is exactly what Allah Ta'ala tells us in many different instances. That and uh, of the people is he who sells himself seeking means uh, to the approval of Allah. And Allah is kind to his servants. SubhanAllah. There are many different ayat like this. Uh, that uh, indeed Allah has purchased from the believers their own selves and their property. And for, uh, for that they will have paradise. So there are many different ayat like this in the, throughout the Quran. Allah Ta'ala mentions, Indeed your striving, your hustle, what you work for, your efforts, they're very, very divided. They're extremely divided. That subhanAllah says that he who gives, he's charitable, and he fears Allah, and he believes uh, in the best of rewards, Allah will make his path easy towards ease. And as for he who denies the best of rewards, then he will uh, ease his way towards, and he denies that which is the best, then, oh sorry, sorry, but as for he who withholds and considers himself free of any need, and denies the best reward, then he will uh, ease him towards difficulty. Now, the final thing that I want to mention is that this hadith is in seven parts, and you could look at this hadith as all seven parts describing a day in the life of a believer. It's really quite amazing. It's really quite beautiful. When you take a sort of a step back and look at it from the macro scale, and just sort of appreciate how beautiful this hadith comes together, let's remember from the beginning, what was it? Cleanliness is half of faith, right? So, wake up in the morning, what do you do? First thing you do, wash up, right? So subhanAllah, think about the believer wakes up in the morning, first thing, gotta go to the bathroom, gotta wash up, right? Cleanliness is half of faith. Then, alhamdulillah fills the scales, and subhanAllah, alhamdulillah fills that which is between the heavens and the earth. Right after you wash up, adhkar, dua, right? You make certain adhkar al masa, right? You say certain tasbihat, right? Then right after that, and prayer is a light. As-salatu nur, then you pray your salat al-fajr. Then what's next? Then you go to work, and you earn money. Why? So that you can spend. You can spend on yourself, you can spend on your family. You can spend fisabilillah and help those be charitable. So you have to work hard throughout the day so that you can give and spend that money. And we know that the Prophet says that what you spend on your family is a sadaqah. And what you even spend on yourself is a sadaqah. If you earn halal, food, uh, halal money and you eat tayyib, clean, good food, that is, a, that is considered sadaqah, even for your own self. So subhanAllah, you go out and work, charity is proof. A sadaqah to burhan. Then what happens after that? The whole day you're working, working, working so that you can earn and so you can give. So you can be giving charity to your family, to yourself, to the community, whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, you're getting pretty tired. Asabru biya, patience is a light. Subhanallah. And then finally, uh, what's then? Finally, after you've ex- exercised the entire day, uh, you know, worked out your your entire day, and, and and really pushed yourself in terms of patience. Now you get to go home, relax with the Quran, open up the Mus'haf, maybe pray a little Qiyam al-Layl, reflect on the Quran, and the Quran is a proof for or against you. Subhanallah. At the end of the day, you want to relax, what? By opening up the Qur'an and just think, re- reflect. Let the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speak to you in, in the night, subhanAllah. And then the final portion is what? A summary of the whole thing. What is the summary of the whole thing? 
each person goes out early in the morning and sells themselves, thereby either setting themselves free or destroying themselves. In other words, I, now that's the concluding remark about you wake up early in the morning, wash up, make your adhkar, pray your salah, go work hard, tie yourself out through the whole, throughout the whole day, spend some time with the Qur'an, go to bed at night. That whole summary is what? Either you're selling yourself fi sabirillah, or if you ignore all that, then you're destroying yourself. You guys see this? Isn't that nice? Have you ever seen this hadith in this light before? I bet you, know, I bet you guys haven't seen that before, huh? Pretty heavy, right? Subhanallah. I find that truly remarkable. Subhanallah. It's so beautiful that this hadith brings it all together and sort of gives you this nice package of a day in seven different parts. So may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who wash up and have cleanliness فِيسَبِلَّهِ in the, for the sake of Allah, both inside and out. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who have always have dhikr on our tongue. May Allah Ta'ala make us regular in our salawat. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who earn and spend fi sabilillah and, uh, and establish sadaqah as a burhan. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who work hard and are patient. May Allah Ta'ala make us of those who reflect upon the Qur'an and take it seriously as a guidance, as, as, as something to implement. And may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who sell ourselves to Allah and to nobody else. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.